Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Oh, boy, Ben, I remember that. <laughs> Such a good memory. <laughs> Once again, what memory? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Beyond there stands the orphan with his gun. Okay, don't forget that. Well, I right? don't know what that means, but it's this week's cold <laughs> open. Welcome to Springfield, Gen Z. When Ooh. Nabila Syed and Brad Fritz are sworn in as Illinois state representatives this month, both will be 23 years old, recent college graduates, and among the youngest legislators to ever serve in Springfield. Syed, a Democrat from Chicago suburbs, and Fritz, a Republican. From Dixon. You know, um, when you told me this, uh, I just I had a pause. And I know I'm supposed to take these things just in stride, ladies and gentlemen, but it's true. The world is getting younger and I'm getting older. And it was just such a he said it was 23. And then in great moments in Dennis math, oh, I shouldn't reveal this. Let's not reveal that. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> Uh, edit. It's just edit. It's just, uh, uh, D. It's just like uh, it's just so astounding to me. You know, I'm going through this heavy uh, Dylan phase right now. If I could just say this, Bob Dylan phase, and I did an interview with a Bob Dylan uh, a guy who's in a Bob Dylan cover band. He's he plays Bob Dylan. I've been reading Bob Dylan's latest book, and there's a line in there that's apropos to this. Let me just read this line to you. Uh, Every generation gets to pick and choose what they want from the generations that came before with the same arrogance and ego-driven self-importance that the previous generation had when they picked the bones of the ones before them. While people make jokes about millennials, that group is now old news, as obsolete as all the previous generations. The baby boomers, Gen X, the fragile generation, the intermediates, the neutrals, the dependables, the unshaken and the clean slate. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. He just starts riffing. Yeah, well, but the point is, the point is, Z's are here. They're knocking on the door. You know, you can't hold them back. And I'm trying to think to you, at age 23. That this, what was I doing when I was 23 years? I can tell you right now, I was in no position to be a state rep because yeah, you know when you're involved <laughs> reefer, I bet it involved reefer. Copious amounts of reefer hanging out at the rocks, watching the bulls and eating pizza, which sounds what I did last weekend. <laughs> um, but I was in just no way or shape. Uh, ready to uh, be a state representative, and uh, so you know. Shout out to them all. Kudos to the youngsters. Uh, meanwhile, they got to be sworn in. We are now in day, what is it, four of the showdown uh, in, uh, in Congress where Delia Ramirez, who is uh, either a Gen Z or a uh, young uh, millennial, uh, is waiting to be sworn in. 
uh, as a congresswoman from what is it, the third congressional district here and all the other, of course, Congress people. But, you know, they can't even get sworn in. And these people are having their moment in the sun. These uh, Gen Zers. So kudos to them. And uh, yeah, it's just go. good job goes on, man. Be nice. Be nice on. to Gen Z. All right. They're they're yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> They're moving up in the world, all right? And, hey, what do you think of that? Uh, a Republican Gen Z, huh? Then thought well, they all been Democrats. The, you know, the, the people in the Congress right now re revolting against Kevin McCarthy are – well, they're not Gen Zs, but they're uh, millennials. They're younger than Kevin McCarthy. So it's like Dylan said, man. Hey, man, there's another generation always waiting in the wings. And that next generation thinks it's smarter than the one before. And that next generation is ready to attack in their own way. Everything that was, they've inherited, you know, they, they're going to improve whatever it is that they inherited. And so, like, I know baby boomers, like, oh, I know how to raise a kid. I'm going to raise the kid the right way as opposed to the way my parents did it. And now millennials are like... I'm not going to make the same mistake the baby boomers made when I raised my kids. So, you know what I mean? That's just another example, D, of those, like each generation thinks it knows something the other generation didn't know, and they're going to approve it. So, hey, baby, I got to say this. I will say this. Millennials, I believe, are a big improvement over baby boomers in terms of standing up uh, for social issues, in my humble opinion. Lefty uh, millennials far exceed baby boomers who sold out. <laughs> As soon as the draft was over, well, that's over. I'm gonna I'll vote for Ronald Reagan. Uh, so I do believe there has been an improvement uh, from uh, the baby boomer generation. Oh, I'm leaving out Gen X. <laughs> I just freaking excluded all of Gen X. D uh oh, our demographic. You do, that, you do that quite a bit. That's weird. Uh, yeah, I just always forget about Gen X. They're kind of like wannabe uh, baby boomers. You well, know? I know I can agree with Gen Z on one thing. We just both hope that the Bob Dylan talk ends right here. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm with they you. stand your orphan with his gun. I'm with you, Gen Z. <laughs> All right, your Ben Jarofsky show for Friday, January 6th, is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, concert listings, they talk about reefer, and columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Ben, tell everyone about the latest column in the Chicago I Reader. I had a, a blast with a New Year's column newsletter. Uh, good friend, Salim Muwakil. Uh, he did this great Facebook post about how, why do we even bother with the New Year's? And he was so right. Life is a continuum. There is no old year and new year. This is like this phony demarcation. Uh, so I had a little fun uh, with that one as a New Year's type of column D. And so I urge everybody to, to check it out. <laughs> Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A. V is in victory, SKY. It is Friday, January 6th, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh, What a Week. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. 
Hello, everybody. Ben Tarofsky here. We're calling this Sean King Friday, and here's why. I'm just going to throw this out here. Sean King is a lefty uh, who uh, I follow on uh, Instagram. Get into that Instagram thing in a little bit. Uh, And he made a point. Uh, in his uh, Instagram feed, that was much like uh, the point Wait. that Miles Conflassen made. You said uh, Sean King, right? Yeah. Oh, what? I you said yeah. Sean Kemp. No, Sean. <laughs> I was like, oh, dude, Tomahawk, man. What's he about to talk about? Sean. He was different awesome. guy. Oh, okay. uh, for uh, all you uh, non sports fans out there, I know a bunch of Sean Kemp was. Uh, <laughs> a basketball player in the nineties, uh, for the, uh, Seattle, uh, you know, and supersonics who no longer exist. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, King made the point that miles Conflossen made, uh, in our conversation we had yesterday, that drops tomorrow. Uh, and miles, Hey, they said it first in the Ben Jarofsky show, somehow or other Sean King heard that interview. But the point is this, is that lefty Democrats can learn Follow me out of this lefty Democrats can learn, um, from the, the MAGA nutcases in Washington. Just, Make demands, use whatever power you have, force the machinery of government to come to a halt and uh, force government to respond to your demands. So instead of condemning across the board uh, the MAGA people who are resisting Kevin McCarthy, you should learn from them. That is the lesson uh, that uh, Miles Conflossen and Sean King uh, have been putting out there. And I've been really struggling with this. I must admit. I mean, they have a point. I see the point. I understand uh, the point they're making. In fact, here in Chicago, the Chicago Teachers Union does much the same thing. You know, they're not afraid to be badass and take it, take the powers that be to the mat. They're widely hated by corporate Chicago for doing that, but uh, they're not afraid to do it. And uh, so, yeah, I suppose, I guess you can learn a lesson uh, for what's MAGA nutcases, the lunatics, uh, in Washington are doing, but it's really hard for me to give them credit for anything to get into this with Miles because they are just freaking fascists. That's about all I can say. Uh, but that's the point that Sean King made and Miles Conflassen made and other lefties are making. So I thought I'd, sh- I'd share it with you guys uh, in uh, all my listeners in lefty land. All right, without further ado, I'm going to turn things over to Man to Meet the Legend of Pride of George Bolton, Illinois for Oh, What a Week. How's it going, everybody? Let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. A suspicious mayoral survey coming up. But first, a little state news. For years, we have been wondering, on the edge of our seat, what will the next move be for our former Illinois Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger? Oh, we've been wondering so much. The former GOP U.S. representative from Illinois' 16th congressional district uh, was a very outspoken member of the January 6th investigation committee. I even recall... Our own Ben Jarofsky becoming a fan of Adam Kinzinger. Yes, I did for a while. I, oh. And boy, did Heidi Henry give me cra- uh, grief for that, right? Heidi gave me a lot of grief uh, as a Democratic uh, stalwart from uh, his uh, Kinzinger's neck of the woods. Ben, don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. So uh, people were wondering, will he run for governor? He did say TV work was a possibility. But he's going to do something bigger than that, right? Maybe president? No, Adam Kinzinger this week announced he has signed on with CNN as a senior political commentator. The cable news channel announced the hire on Wednesday. Yes. Uh, and to give you a little behind the scenes uh, glimpse of what went down, it was a furious, furious negotiations uh, battle between CNN and the Ben Jarofsky show as to who would hire Adam Kinzinger uh, as its middle of the road uh, sort of uh, 
columnist pundit and they beat us to it folks so we almost had them so um you know just they 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 could offer more money than we could just kidding uh listen i'm not surprised that he go into cnn i'm not surprised that he has a future in the media it's just the reality it's kind of like basketball if i can go back to that analogy all right ladies and gentlemen if you want to understand the way politics is going they're just taking a page from basketball in basketball uh the a player will finish uh, his career, go to a front office uh, in a junior level, and then maybe do some coaching uh, after he's fired, go to, uh, to the media, go become a, uh, a pundit on TV, uh, an analyst is what they call him uh, in basketball. And so you stay, quote unquote, relevant. You stay in the public's eye. You keep up on what's going on in the day to day. You keep your name out there to make your next move. Uh, sometimes it becomes a full-time career. Like with Reggie Miller, for instance, it's a full-time career now. Steve oh, Kerr. Reggie Miller. Oh, hi. <laughs> hey, guys, what's going on? Reggie, that's a good imitation. Uh, Steve Kerr uh, was very good on the mic, but then he went back to coaching. So uh, Adam Kinzinger, D, I, I don't see a place for him in politics. Uh, the Republican Party has lost its mind. This was a perfect opportunity for Kevin McCarthy uh, to pivot the Republican Party away from the lunatics and to embrace sort of like the the view that the Adam Kinzingers uh, were putting forth and the Lynn Cheney's were putting forth, uh, Liz Cheney's were putting forth, which was let's go for the middle. And so he could have easily cut a deal with moderate Democrats to support him. He would pledge uh, to, I mean, really, when you think about it, as I said yesterday when I was talking to Miles, there's not a lot of difference between quote-unquote moderate Republicans and moderate Democrats on most issues. They infuriate lefties like me. So uh, McCarthy could have made a Kinzinger-like uh, move to the center, uh, and Kinzinger would have probably welcomed that move uh, and would have had a home somewhere in some political party. But McCarthy didn't make that pivot. Uh, he is doing everything he can uh, to win uh, <laughs> the radical, 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 radicals. Uh, the Republican Party over. So where where can Kinzinger go, D? He, he, his politics are too far to the right to be part of the Democratic Party, as Heidi Henry would point out. Uh, there is no home for him in the Republicans. They've kicked him out. So the only place I can see him going is TV, yeah. CNN. Or, you know, he could have come to the Ben Jarofsky show. and, oh, and been our Yeah, you know, he could have come on every Friday. Uh, oh, what a week it was. I didn't Kinzinger, your thoughts on the mayor's race. <laughs> I'm looking for the centrist in the race. Uh, do you want to join us for Monroe Wednesday, Mr. Kinzinger? <laughs> Adam. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But uh, apparently, no. Uh, he's too big time for the Ben Jarofsky show. Right, so well, he's going to CNN. You've seen him talk. You kind of you know who he is. How do you think he'll do compared to maybe the last politician who went over to TV in Illinois, uh, Rahm Emanuel? Oh, my God. Rahm Emanuel was absolutely the worst on TV. <laughs> He was so bad because you got to have, well, first of all, you, you, you have to have a, a certain amount of like folkiness. I don't know. To, you have to win people over. And Rom is just an unlikable human being. And that unlikability comes across on TV. Yeah. People voted for Rom because he was unlikable. People go, ah, oh, that was, that was his whole thing. We want a jerk to be our mayor. That's what you need to run a city. Vote for Rom. Uh, and then plus, like Rom was so slick, he'd be talking about he'd be like behind the scenes cutting deals with 
Clinton and then coming on the air and acting like he was like the subjective anal- analyst. You know, uh, dude, you were just on the phone with Biden cutting the deal. All right. Right. So and it seems I like, think Tigger is going to do better than Ram is what I'm saying. And it seems like, you know, when you watch it, like the panel, they all get along like behind the scenes. That was not the case when Ram, everyone on the panel was like, who is this douchebag? <laughs> yeah. No, remember what? Remember, that was the favorite. We don't have it anymore. The famous clip of Rahm Emanuel. We played it for the longest time. It was just cracked me up. Uh, this is when he was uh, on uh, the George Stephanopoulos show which has another name, but who knows what it is. And uh, see this week. I know. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Pat Whaling would be weighing in. Ben, it's this week uh, with George Stephanopoulos. Okay. Uh, anyway, he was on the, uh, he was condemning healthcare. So it was 2019. The Democrats, like, just think about this. We're being real Democrats, the democratic candidates for president, real Democrats, like offering you something that would give you a reason to vote for them. What a radical concept in democratic politics, as opposed to shut up, take gruel, do whatever we tell you, which is the ROM uh, tactic for democratic base. Uh, so, but the Democrats were following Birding's lead and moving left on health care. And ROM was um, r- reminiscing about a bike ride he took uh, throughout Michigan, was it, D? Was it, I went around Lake Michigan yeah, on a yeah. bike? Around Lake Michigan, which sounds, which sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds pretty cool, except that Ron was doing it, so it wasn't cool. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, and then he was going, and the whole time I was there, nobody talked to me about uh, Medicare at all. I'm like, what? The- yeah. Who's talking to you? Why was it- Some random person is going to come up to you at a restaurant and go, let's uh, wonder what your feelings are on Medicare for all. Oh, I tell you what, that sweaty guy with the short shorts has a great <laughs> point about health care for some reason. Yeah, we don't want health care. <laughs> you know, we... We don't want, by the way, that is one of the most absurd things. I've been reading last night. I was up late reading about Kevin McCarthy. D. Uh, I was reading, I just started going through these old New Yorkers, stacks of these old New Yorkers magazines up to five in the morning. Just pause and think about that. Five in the morning reading old New Yorkers, if that's not a cry for help. But I was reading a profile of Kevin McCarthy, and they were recollecting about how uh, in the uh, teens he made a name for himself. Uh, as one of the young guns in Congress, one of the young Republicans, Eric Cantor, uh, Kevin McCarthy, and Paul Ryan of Wisconsin. And they were, their whole goal was to defeat Obamacare, overturn Obamacare. And, and like, wow, just let's pause and think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Finally, once, once, it, if you're a millennial, it was the first time, I would argue, the first time in your lifetime you're a millennial. You were born in 1980, all right, at the uh, latest. It was the first time in your lifetime that the federal government did something that directly benefited you. Now I'm talking about indirect tax benefits that you need an accountant to figure out, you know, uh, or giving money to the cities that the mayors control and they'll dole out as they seem appropriate so you make your neighborhood may get some. No, no, no. This was something directly for you. And so Kevin McCarthy made it his objective to destroy it why that may it's something that's helping people hello people get sick (laughs) they had no substitute for it they just wanted to destroy it my goal is to destroy obamacare he said it d he said that was my goal and so then you know that that's when i look at the republican party and i go you are lunatics even before MAGA. this is before maga so, you know, Rom, 
kind of reminds me, uh, D, of the Democrats who were so scared that they actually did something for once in their life that benefited people because it made them look, what, too socialist or too compassionate? So they immediately, they immediately started saying, we can't go too far. You know, we, this, people don't want this. Yes, they do. Sorry, D, I'm going to tangent there about Rom. <laughs> they went on a tangent. You got me going, okay? You got me going. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else you'd like to say? Maybe uh, uh, good luck, Adam Kinzinger. Uh, good luck, Adam Kinzinger. All right. There we go. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to go. help you with yeah, that New yeah. Year's resolution, being more positive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to be more positive. Good luck, Adam Kinzinger. There we go. There we go. Uh, yeah. And also, if I may, uh, having nothing to do with Adam Kinzinger, <laughs> suddenly I realized this. I was going to, I've been waiting for about a week to do this. Uh, we've really uh, started putting out all kinds of fun stuff on our Instagram page. We finally caught up with the 21st century. We're only a little behind. And so I'm urging everybody uh, to go and uh, become, what do you call it? Uh, a little behind. Is it friends with? No, that's Facebook. Follow? I don't there know what go. it follow, is. Whatever. Follow, follow. follow. Yeah, our Instagram page. Uh the Benny J show, the Ben Jarofsky show. You can find it any way you look at it. J-O-R-A-V-S-K-Y. Uh, we're doing some funny bits. We did this one about uh, uh, Merrill Meltdown Gummies, uh, which uh, just dropped this week. And then we did an earlier one, having fun with Lori Lightfoot's uh, campaign. Commercial. Oh, my God, that commercial. with the, the She delivers. Uh, she was cool during COVID. Yeah, you know that commercial, uh, listeners. So, uh Check it out. The Benny J show, the Ben Jarofsky show, Instagram page. We're having a lot of fun with it uh, as we move into the 21st century. And hey, what do you say we move into the uh, news in the city of Chicago? And hey, quick question, listener. What do you think about election surveys? A 2023 Chicago mayoral candidate update. <laughs> We're 53 days away, 53 days away from the Chicago mayoral election. And we here on the Ben Jarofsky show have certainly noticed something about election surveys. Most of them are full of crap. <laughs> and the latest survey from Crane Chicago Business may have confirmed our little theory, Ben. I, tr I tried getting the story from Crane's. What do you know? Paywall. And Matumbo, get that weak stuff out of here. <laughs> Seriously, though, I almost considered uh, subscribing to Cranes to get this story. Almost. 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 You almost got me, Cranes. Yeah, almost the key word. <laughs> yeah, but luckily, Block Club Chicago mentioned it for Woo! free. For free. Shout out to Kelly Bauer for her work here. According to the Crane survey, Mayor Lori Lightfoot is trailing three other mayoral challengers. The Daily Line and Crane's Chicago business shows Jesus Chewy Garcia, Brandon Johnson, and Paul Vallis ahead of her among Crane's survey respondents. 25% of respondents said they'd vote for Garcia, 25% said they'd vote for Brandon Johnson, and 15% said they'd vote for Paul Vallis, while 11% of Crane's survey respondents said they'd vote for Lori Lightfoot. Now, a similar survey from Cranes, the Daily Line and ABC7 last spring, was criticized by professional pollsters who wrote in a Cranes op-ed that the survey's collection methods had massive flaws and respondents did not represent the city's population. According to Cranes, about 74% of respondents to the most recent survey identified as white, while a bit more than 10% said they were black or Latino. 
A Lori Lightfoot spokesperson said, quote, no amount of weighing can save a survey of Chicagoans where 74 percent of the respondents are white. A third survey will be conducted in early February. All right. Uh, and so now I have exclusive uh, footage of uh, how they conducted their survey. Watch this. What they did was they were sitting upstairs uh, in their attic. Oh. And they opened the window and they uh, they saw a guy in the alley. And they go, hey, <laughs> who, who, where you guy in the alley? Who are you voting for? Who? What? No. <laughs> who? You voting for Willie Wilson? Got it. Wait, no, oh, I'm sorry. I misheard you. Oh, you're voting for <laughs> Paul Ballas, got it. Okay, thank you. Yeah, he really opened his window, everybody. <laughs> hey, man, it's like Marlon Brando. I go all the way, all right? <laughs> I literally opened the window, and there was a guy in the alley. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, man. I, that little that performance there uh, is triggering a coughing fit. I'm going to have it. Mm. The water just keeps getting better and better. Um all right, so yes, this is such a freaking joke. I when I, when this first story first broke, I swear, D, I saw uh, they said poll in the article in the Black Club. Right. By the way, I just want to say one thing. Shout out Black Club, Jen Sabella. I just want you to know uh, we are loyal subscribers. Okay, we are loyal subscribers. We may not subscribe to Crane Chicago Business, and we're not about to anytime soon. But loyal subscribers to Black Club, you think you do a great job. So happy to uh, help out Black Club. Check out that Humboldt no. Park Lagoon. What else is in there? <laughs> the alligator. Was it an alligator or a crocodile? Do you always forget? I think you it know? was a crocodile. I think it was a crocodile. Crocodile. No, wait. Oh, I think God. it was an alligator. It was such a great time. No, I think it was gator. Gator got your granny. Remember, yeah, I, used yeah, to do I remember that. Ah, the good old days, 2019, before the pandemic. They still the got someone on the season. on the gator beat there. At Black yeah, Mike is still out there. Hey, oh, here's a sorry inside joke. Anyway, um, uh, so but I'm pretty sure Black Club first called it a poll and then they corrected it to a survey. Uh, either way, it's clearly got issues. You know what I'm saying? Very just to put it mildly, I am so jaded when it comes to pollsters and polls uh, these days. I don't believe them, and I've decided just to stop paying attention to them. Uh, the Democrats clearly got played. Uh, in the 2022 uh, election, the New York Times, I mean, they've never come clean on this. They were totally manipulated by the Republicans. And I don't know if they went along, they were seriously fooled and bamboozled or if they went along with it because they knew that if they put out uh, stories <clears throat> uh, with alarming poll results that showed that Republicans <clears throat> were defeating Democrats in, in states where the Democrats should clearly win, that would get their readers to click because it's all clickbait in the in the end. Uh, I mean, why would Cranes come up with a survey? People like her, like Dennis was desperately trying to read the article. And Cranes was like, uh-uh, you want to read about our survey? You got to right. cough up. Uh, cough up, big guy. Well, I'll be and frank. I went and I looked. I did the math. <laughs> $15 a month. That's the cheapest deal you could get for a Cranes. Yeah. I mean, right, come on, Cranes. I'm feeling Cranes. Uh, but anyway, um, so uh, going back to uh, the survey, uh, so I, I just, I get the feeling I don't trust them anymore. I don't trust polls. Uh, the Republicans put out all these polls in the 2022 election that were just con jobs and the New York times fell for it. Uh, and liberal Dems lost their minds and uh, the democratic party uh, encouraged it because I get more people to, as, out of fear to give more money. We're, it's just such, 
there's a certain amount of meaninglessness to it all. So I'm going to back away uh, from polls and surveys and, you know, yelling at guys in the alleys and just. uh, And I'll say, too, like, I heard you tell me this uh, over the week on the phone. Hope you don't mind me uh, letting the cat out of the bag. (laughs) Hey, that's my line. (laughs) Yeah, how's that feel? All right, now. Uh, How does it feel to be on your own? Sorry. But I did hear you say that you were actually, you personally had like four other candidates that you were thinking about before Lightfoot. So, I mean, like, you, you think that and you also believe that this poll is just kind of, you know. Well, okay. So here's the, uh, yes, yeah, I was, you, you stole my next thought. Uh, God damn, that's mind theft. Uh, but <laughs> having said all that, there was a part of me, and I think I'm going to write about this, uh, that was excited. It was manipulation. They manipulated my mind. Yes, Crane, you manipulated my mind. Right. Much like those Republican uh, operatives manipulated all those New York Times readers. You know, you're playing with their head. Oh, my God. You're in your brain. And uh, so in, in this case, I was like, oh, my God, the the first, according to this poll, which is really a survey, which is really some <laughs> some guy yelling out his window, "Hey, who no, are you not voting that for?" Again. <laughs> Mike, Mike no. Madigan yelling out, "Hey, who no, are you?" I said, "Not that again." Oh, that no, I think you said Mike Madigan. <laughs> no, get, no, not that. No, don't worry, I'm not going to go to that routine. Because first of all, I have another coughing fit if I do. <laughs> uh, do not do that fit after a bout with COVID. Uh, but uh, so I was like. Having said all that, I'm like, wow, that like the two most or two of the most lefty candidates in the race were like neck and neck with 25 percent of the vote. And that just like, here's my mind. And because Dee, my whole life here in Chicago, post Harold Washington, has been uh, as an outsider looking in. You know, I'm always the lefty guy looking for somebody even remotely progressive that I could vote for. Pretty much end up voting for whoever's running against Mayor Daly or Mayor Rahm just because I want to let them know that there's at least one person out there who's breathing. Uh, and not just, I'm going to vote for the mayor because I got my garbage picked up. I'm a Chicagoan. And uh, so, but here we had two lefties. Now, I understand that I don't know if uh, Chewy Garcia would call himself a lefty these days. I guess he calls himself a progressive. Uh, I'm not sure what Brandon. Uh, will call himself these days, but he's clearly left of center. Both of them are. They're both, uh, well, Chewy endorsed Bernie Sanders and Bernie endorsed Chewy, so that makes him pretty lefty. And uh, the notion that 50% of the voters would be supporting the two lefties blew my mind. It's like, is this possible that for once in my life, to quote Stevie Wonder, for once in my life, uh, I will not be choosing the lesser of two evils. That what would it be, D? The more of the good. What's the opposite of the lesser of two evils? This is I need to know this for my column. Like the more of the good. I don't know. Whatever, whatever the opposite this is. Podcast got hard all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> uh, let me just say this to you right now. Yonder stands your orphan with his gun, crying like a fire in the sun. Look out, the saints are coming through, <laughs> and it's all over yeah, now. That's Be what we're saying. Bye bye, Gen Z. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I did that Bob Dylan interview, and I just can't get Bobby D out of my mind, baby blue. Uh, <laughs> so, I 
I, I, but then I came down to earth, the, and I realized uh, that, you know, this is a very flawed survey to put in my lane. I probably shouldn't put too much into it. Um, but I've always said Chicago is the voters in Chicago are far more, I think, liberal than the people they elect. And so there's like the conservative impulse. There's two things going on here, D. One is a conservative impulse of property owners who profess to be liberal, but then when it comes to voting, they're like, I'm very concerned about the value of my property. I'm going to vote for a conservative guy. And so they vote for Daly or Rahm. Or... Generally, it's a cover. I'm going to vote for the white guy, but they won't admit that. Uh, that was back in the day. and you know, They broke that habit with Lori Lightfoot and Tony Preckwinkle. Uh, but, uh, and it's also um, the reality that a lot of people who might vote for the lefties don't vote at all. We talk so much about the election and we are into it. And I understand all that. We're political junkies. But D, as I always point out, probably 65% of eligible voters will not vote in this mayoral election. Just look about that, ladies and gentlemen. 65%. Wow. Like you're, walking, you're walking down the street. Okay, I'm going to do some math for you folks. And 10 people are coming at you. And you could just go, wow, man, far out. Six of them won't vote for mayor. For Will. <laughs> what a great moment in math. Uh, and uh, so, yes. So I had a moment of, like, I don't know what happiness is the right word, D. Uh, a little joy when I saw the headline and read the article and all my lefty friends are sending it to me. Wow, look at this. <laughs> look at this. Right. We, we rock. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, this survey, 70, what did they do? 74% white people? Is that what they said? Or is that yeah. the last survey? No, that was the last one. Uh, of the, the last one, 74% By the white same people. people and ABC7. Uh, hey, man, come and cranes. They couldn't find anyone who wasn't white. Right. I don't know, well, man. I just. Uh, well, that's what I'm starting to think. Like, is this like, uh, you know, are the survey people, respondents, all the people who are willing to pay $15 a month to get cranes? You know what I mean? I have no idea how they do what they do. Uh, and, uh, but the, the thing is, here's the reality about human nature. Uh, if the result tells you what you want to hear, you get happiness from it and you quote it to your friends. If the result tells you what you don't want to hear, you'll say, ah, this is a, this Paul sucks. It's a bias, Paul. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's called human nature, my friend, to quote Michael Jackson. And uh, so, yeah, we are being manipulated constantly, all the time, every moment of the day. And this is just another right. example. It's D. interesting. It's like now that it's out there, it's like it's out there. Who cares? You know what I mean? Like it's out. What are you going to do? Take it down? No, it's out there. And so, yeah, it gets in your brain in a weird way. In a weird way. And so, like, so yesterday we had Sophia King on, Alderman of the Fourth Ward. Uh, and uh, she's not in the top five. She's trying to get traction for her campaign. She wants to make the runoff. I thought she did a pretty good job yesterday, actually. Uh, shout out Sophia yeah. King uh, on the show. Uh, but just very calmly presenting what her vision is for Chicago. Stumble a little bit on that TIFF question, but TIFFs are tough. So, uh, you know, uh, you, <laughs> I think most of the mayoral candidates would stumble on the TIFF question. Uh, but uh, anyway, I thought she was pretty thoughtful and warrants people taking a look at uh, as a candidate. 
she's not even in i don't even know if her name is in the like she cracked in this poll five percent i can't remember it's yeah. she's somewhere down yeah, it was around five uh, so percent. she wanted to dismiss it offhand like oh this poll's meaningless willie wilson is so upset i don't know if you saw this d yeah he's not going to participate uh in the cranes forum and uh, because he thinks it's such a biased poll and it, it did i'm like a little surprised that willie did so bad in this poll uh, that I think Willie Wilson's support is higher than what they had him at. So I just, again, it's, I, I kind of understand where Sophia King and Willie Wilson are coming from. It's just like my manipulator. And I'm telling you right now what I told Sophia King on the mic yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, her lane to the runoff is Barack Obama. If he comes out and endorses her, I know it's a long shot, D. Uh, maybe uh, Alexi Janulius will endorse her doing his Barack Obama just over invitation. the phone, like over the phone, like just do the voice. Like. <laughs> Yeah. Sophia King, I think you're great. Thank you. Uh, like, there's no blue states. There's no red states. That guys, that was him. Trust me. It was him. Uh, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, that that'll flip the uh, that survey around. Uh, so, you know, a point is it's early. Uh, most people in Chicago won't pay attention at all. You're doing the Obama so, voice. You're doing it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't help myself. I can't help myself. Uh, I love uh, Dr. D. Uh, whatever oh, in Chicago. Thanks. Uh, I listen to the Ben Drosky show. And uh, so, yeah, if Barack Obama endorses Sophia King, she will suddenly, uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, she will be getting 25% in the Crane survey. Come on, Cranes, make up your mind. Here's the other takeaway, and this is irrefutable. Lori Lightfoot, this is this is going to fall in the category of duh, is not popular in the city of Chicago. I mean, she is just, I used to think that she was popular on the north side. Uh, and because uh, she, that's the north side of Chicago was her quote unquote base in the first go around against uh, in the multi-candidate first round of 2019 that got her into the runoff. Then she won citywide, but it just seemed like Northsiders were just, oh, I really like her, Ben. She's refreshing. And, uh, you know, my beloved Northsiders, man, you guys are a trip. Um, and, but now I don't even think Northsiders like her, D. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know why. I'm like, Northsiders, why you turn on Lori? I mean, she kind of is a Northsider, just saying, you know, it's kind of weird self hate going on there. Uh, I just think of Lori Lightfoot as a quintessential Northsider, you know, like liberal on social issues, liberal on abortion rights, liberal on uh, gay rights. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but then hey, always fighting with the unions, you know, uh, tough on law and order, you know, against uh, progressive taxation. That's a classic uh, lakefront liberal. You know what I'm saying, D? That's like... Your quintessential north side lakefront liberal, you know, like not on the front lines right. for any kind of like progressive issues that will really help people, except for like abortion rights and gay rights. That's like where they're at. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm really with you on that. Really with you on that, Northsiders. And, you know, and there's times I share your, your views on that, but come on, what about basic health care and collective bargaining rights and you know making money but dude she was cool during the pandemic so i mean <laughs> she was cool during covid you're forgetting that oh my god 
That was the Lori Lightfoot commercial that was embarrassing Chicago. Come on, Chicago. Lori Lightfoot was essentially saying in that commercial, you are idiots. And you know what? I can see why she would say that. And, you know, given your voting record, your track record. But you got to have more self-respect, Chicago. Okay? You got to have more self-respect. She was cool for during COVID. That's what the dude said in the commercial. By the way, one more time. Shameless self-promotion. Check out our uh, commercial. It's pretty our funny. Mock, Lori Lightfoot commercial on Instagram. Fe- pretty funny. Featuring Ben and a pizza. <laughs> yes, Ben and All a right. pizza. Let's move on. Hey, what do you think about mayoral candidate endorsements? A 2023 Chicago mayoral candidate update. The following update comes from Fran the Woe Man Spielman in the Chicago Sun-Times. The headline reads, Lopez endorses Willie Wilson for mayor. Eager to ease historic political tensions between blacks and Hispanics, Alderman Ray Lopez, been of what board? 15. Oh, you still got it. On Wednesday, endorsed millionaire businessman Willie Wilson for mayor of Chicago. One of Mayor Lightfoot's most outspoken critics, Lopez was the first to join the crowded race to unseat her. He was also the first to drop out of the race. You don't get any awards for that, but he did it on November 21st, saying on that day that having the the maturity to put his ego aside and narrow the field would increase the chances of defeating an incumbent he called destructive and dangerous for the city. I mean, that is what he says, but we do have our opinion. I'm Chewy Garcia. Since then, yeah. Lopez has been weighing his endorsement options. Ben, what do you think of the latest endorsement from Ray, uh, Ray Lopez? Uh, this is... Um like uh, it, real inside Chicago politics. Uh, and I think it's a smart move by Raylo. As I've said before, the 15th Ward, taking a mini deep dive here, is like two, essentially two neighborhoods stitched together, a largely Hispanic neighborhood and a largely black neighborhood. Uh, and so I think that uh, Raylo is being challenged on the left uh, in this uh, election. So boom, the Willie Wilson endorsement, they're going to go. You could see, I could see it helping both candidates. I could see Willie Wilson making campaign appearances in the 15th Ward with Raylo in uh, black churches. Uh, and I could see Raylo taking him to parts of the 15th Ward that are Hispanic that will help uh, Willie Wilson. Uh, so it's a smart move by Raymond Lopez. Ladies and gentlemen, you all know that Raylo and I do not see eye to eye on many issues, but I must make this concession. I say it all the time. I think uh, he understands the game of politics. I think that he has adopted the role that traditionally was played by people like Scott Wagesback as being an independent voice, uh, uh, sort of like reining in the mayor and uh, challenging the mayor on parliamentary moves in the council to sort of keep the division between the city council and the mayor alive. He did not do that. I understand uh, during Rom. I get that. I, I realize it's been an evolution, but I appreciate the role he's played in the last four years. And so uh, I, I can see if he gets reelected and let's say Willie Wilson um, is the mayor, <clears throat> I could see Raylo being the uh, finance chair. You know what I'm saying, D? So it's a smart move by Raylo on a number of levels. It's a smart move by Willie Wilson on a number of levels. There has, to put it mildly, um, there has been a, uh, there's divisions between Hispanic and black voters, not just in Chicago, but throughout the country. Uh, Los Angeles is the most egregious example of that. 
where you had the uh, the former head of the Los Angeles City Council, a Hispanic woman, just making the most disparaging comments you can imagine about black people as she was being taped. And then there were eventually the recording was released. And so, you know, these antagonisms go back <clears throat> to the 90s. I'm going to be writing about this, I think, in my column. Uh, when uh, Mayor Daley's uh, people set up the HDO, the Hispanic Democratic Organization, which uh, its supposed intention was to promote Hispanic politics. In reality, it was just a campaign uh, operation for Mayor Daley to reelect Mayor Daley. And it did it by uh, playing off rivalries between blacks and Hispanics, largely turning one community against the other. Very successful for Mayor Daley, very bad for Hispanic black relationships in the city of Chicago. We're still in the middle of that, whether people realize it or not. Uh, and, um, so when I see Raylo embracing Willie Wilson, they're both conservatives. Uh, Willie admits that he voted for Donald Trump, uh, in 2016. Raylo, I can't get him to admit one way or the other. Um, but, uh, they're, so they're both conservatives. So it was either going to be Willie Wilson or Paul Vallis, uh, for Raylo. So very good, I think. Uh, smart move uh, by Raylo. And uh, yeah, I hope. I mean, I don't know if two uh, right of center um, politicians like Willie Wilson and Raylo can have a great impact on the large number of blacks and Hispanics. Well, with the quote from uh, Raylo, it said here, last time he won all but five black wards. He's been working hard to expand beyond that base and develop a constituency in other wards. He's making a play beyond just the African-American community. And Lopez says, I've seen that firsthand. It's something he's been doing for months, if not years now. So, Oh, no. Ricky Hennon came on the show and said that. Ricky Hendon, who is the uh, political operative for uh, uh, Willie Wilson, uh, the political brains behind Willie Wilson, he came on the show and he kept talking. About, I remember, I don't know, he kept saying over and over again, Willie's doing real well with Polish people in Chicago. Did you know Willie got an endorsement from this Polish group? And I, when I moderated the forum, uh, Rob Markwick and Sharon Markwick's forum on the 38th Ward on the northwest side of Chicago, Willie Wilson sounded MAGA. I mean, he was, uh, you could make the argument he was the MAGIest candidate on the stage. Uh, neck and neck with Paul Vallis. So yeah, Raylo's correct. Willie Wilson is reaching out beyond uh, the black churches of Chicago, his base in Chicago. Uh, and he's making an attempt. He's making an attempt. He's going to get into that runoff because clearly his base is not enough to get him in the runoff. D. So he's got to pick up voters from outside the black community. Uh, so I agree with Raven Lopez that Willie Wilson is definitely trying to do that. But again, this is conservative. This is MAGA appeals. It's, I don't know if any lefties are going to go for Willie Wilson or Raylo, but that's the game they're playing. All right. That's it for endorsement news. I mean, that is if you don't have anybody to endorse. Do you, Ben? Are you endorsing somebody right now? Uh, I'm endorsing uh, You Understand oh. Your Orphan with His Gun. I'm endorsing Bob Dylan. <laughs> so no one. Right, that show is going to drop on Monday, the Bob Dylan interview, just saying. So no particular candidate jumping out in mind that you just want to right now here on the Ben Jarofsky show. Give us that breaking news. Give us that exclusive. Your endorsement no, I'm playing, for the mayor. I'm playing this one. I'm going to, for once in my life, going to play my cards close to my vest. All these candidates are coming through the show. I'm not endorsing anybody. Yeah. I had Sophia King was on the, the mic yesterday. Brandon Johnson's coming in uh, next week. I'm going to reach out to Cam Buckner. So, I, no. Cards <laughs> close to vest for once in my life, all D. Right, right. You got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. There's always next week. All right, moving on. Hey, what do you think about mayoral campaign ads? 
2023 Chicago mayoral candidate update. Once again, 53 days away from the Chicago mayoral election. But our candidates have been churning out Please Elect Me campaign ads left and right. First up, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Oh, thank God. All right. <laughs> Just in the last couple months, the mayor has had a little problem on her hands. I'm Chewy Garcia. And we've been waiting to see the mayor's move against Chewy Garcia. <laughs> Will she go negative? Well, after word came out that Congressman Garcia has ties with FTX founder, political mega donor, Kramer from Seinfeld lookalike, Sam Bankman-Fried, the mayor has indeed went negative on Chewy Garcia. In the ad we are about to play titled More, Garcia is connected with Bankman-Fried, who's accused of stealing billions of dollars in customer and investor assets. Bankman Freed donated to Garcia's congressional campaign last year. And hey, what do you know? Here's a throwback. The Lightfoot ad also ties Chewy with former super longtime, pretty much corrupt Democratic speaker Mike Madigan. What do we really know about Chewy Garcia? Chewy secretly talked with this crypto crook who stole his customers' life savings, then spent a fortune to re-elect Garcia. Chewy cut deals to help himself with the since-indicted Mike Madigan, even while the disgraced speaker faced a federal corruption investigation. And Chewy took money from a red-light camera company just hours before he delivered the deciding vote that made the company millions. Crypto crooks indicted Pauls and pay-to-play profiteers. The more you know, the worse it gets. Yes. Uh, funny sound effects in that commercial. When I heard that little whistle thing, they go, bruh, bruh, I was laughing. I was like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. Uh, now, breaking down other than the, the funny side effects, a couple points about this particular commercial. I'm not sure of the wisdom of airing an attack ad at this stage of the campaign. Uh, we again, Chicago. You, you're going to learn this. We're going to have a we have a runoff system, so everybody's trying to get in uh, first or second place to make the runoff. Uh, so I'm not sure why Lori Lightfoot uh, is concentrating on blasting uh, Willie Wilson. Excuse me, uh, Jesus Garcia, as opposed to promoting Lori Lightfoot. You know, I would think that at this stage of the campaign, she would want to promote Lori Lightfoot to give people a reason to vote for her. Uh, I don't think she's going to gain a lot of votes by attacking Jesus Garcia. I understand if it's a runoff between Lori Lightfoot and Jesus Garcia, attack ads will come out. Because at that stage, each candidate is going to try to make the other look as bad as they possibly can so that weary Chicago voters agree with them oh, i can't take another in you know negative ads work so they, it, they clearly show they work that's why they keep using them so i think it's a little early to go negative i also want to say uh the ftx uh sam um uh freed uh <laughs> controversy cuts both ways i urge everybody uh to check out the interview i did with manny uh, ramos a great uh, investigative reporter here in the city of Chicago. And he took a look at the connection of uh, Bankman Freed and FTX with the city of Chicago and the Lori Lightfoot administration and how they were, uh, Lori Lightfoot's administration was promoting uh, Freed's company at one point uh, to do, oh God, this is so bizarre and twisted, only in Chicago. Financial literacy training. This guy is a freak, alleged, a frequent, uh, he is an alleged uh, crook. Alleged, okay? Total scam artist uh, and um, cut from the same cloth as Donnie Trump and uh, uh, 
Bernie Madoff, just alleged, okay, alleged. But the city of Chicago was uh, having his company, was going to uh, allow his company to do financial tr uh, literacy training for young people. I'm like, who thought this was a good idea? I guess this is before the fall. And so um, Lori Lightfoot's people are clearly thinking, well, that is that relationship's too tenuous uh, to uh, for, for Chicagoans connect. But giving campaign funds, uh, even a Chicagoan can see uh, something wrong with that. Again, they really think you're dumb people. Uh, and so I'm not, okay, you know, but I'm sure Chewy could come back with his own commercials or somebody will come back with commercials. Deep Paul Vallis will probably go negative, uh, you know, on Lori Lightfoot with those commercials. So I'm not so sure it's a good idea for Lori Lightfoot to shine a spotlight on this. But I am clearly not running Lori Lightfoot's reelection campaign. The campaign for Garcia said it is a desperate move to distract Chicagoans from her failed leadership. Now to the next ad, candidate Paul Vallis. Vallis's campaign features two ads, Out of Control and Lifelong Democrats. I have them right here. Ben, which one do you want to hear first? Out of Control do, or Lifelong right. Democrats? Uh, let's do Lifelong Democrats. Final answer, Lifelong Democrats. <laughs> What's the guy's name that you're imitating Regis there? Philbin. Regis Philbin. Crime is Chicago's biggest problem. And Paul Vallis is a lifelong Democrat who puts crime and your safety first. As city budget director, he made public safety a priority, helping grow the police department to record levels. Crime came down. Later, Vallis advised President Obama's Department of Justice on needed criminal justice reforms. And when Mayor Lightfoot and our police were at odds, Paul Vallis led negotiations that got an agreement no one thought possible. Paul Vallis. The difference? He puts crime and your safety first. Wow. Paul Vallis led negotiations. That, that, it's an interesting twist. Paul Vallis was an advisor to the Fraternal Order of Police when they were negotiating with the city of Chicago on their contract. It was not like Paul Vallis. That commercial would lead, lead you to believe that Paul Vallis called Johnny Catanzaro and Lori Lightfoot into a room. All right, let's figure this out. Let's iron this out. You know, one time I was uh, when I was on the union negotiating committee, D, and it was the uh, era of the Chicago Reader winners run. I can't remember who ran it, but it's not the people who run it now. And we're in the middle of negotiations that were so horrible. They brought in a mediator, a federal mediator, and he would come into our room uh, and he would go, ah, guys, you're asking for too much. I think if you lower your demands a little bit here, you know, and uh, I can maybe get them to agree to him. Then he go into their room. Who knows what he told them? You know what I'm saying? Um so that's the kind of they're trying to make you think that that's the role he played. No, he was an advisor to fraternal order police. All right. Uh, the heavy em emphasis on lifelong Democrat is because Paul Vallis um, has been uh, paying, playing footsie with the right for the last, I don't know. I mean, I can't keep track of how many years, but definitely photographed with Jeannie Ives. He went to that uh, awake meeting out in Naperville. We talked about that a lot. He, again, he was an advisor to the Fraternal Order of Police, which loved whose head Johnny Catanzaro loves Donald Trump so much that he wears a Donald Trump T-shirt. So it's going to be really challenging for Paul Vallis. I think he has a lane to the runoff, but very challenging once he's in the, the election to win in a city as liberal as Chicago with that MAGA aura around him. Yeah. Just start showing those pictures of Paul Vallis and Jeannie Ives. Uh-oh. And uh, so that's why, lifelong Democrat. And then he put Obama's name in. <laughs> Obama. The, this is, again, a low opinion of you voters. You'll just hear it. 
the name Obama. And you go, oh, Obama. Oh, I, I like Paul Vallis. He said Obama. So, you know, okay. uh, that's what he's trying to do there, D, trying to distance himself from MAGA uh, and uh, not scare off all the liberals and lefties in Chicago. All right. So we got that one here talking about crime. Maybe this other one will be different. Maybe this won't be about crime. Here's out of control. Crime is out of control. Okay. And combative leadership is failing us. Paul Vallis will put crime and your safety first. I'll work with every community in every part of our city to confront our crime problem, hold department leadership accountable, put more police on our streets and public transportation, open schools after hours to ensure young Chicagoans have safe alternatives to gangs and violence, and I'll bring people together to get it done. Paul Vallis, crime and your safety is his top priority. That voice... I've heard that voice before. Right. Crime and your safety. I just saw Anchorman 2, which, by the way, great movie. Uh, run, don't walk to watch it. And uh, they, Bill Curtis is at the outset, the narrator of uh, Anchorman 2, and uh, Anchorman as well. Uh, and that voice is kind of Curtis-esque, don't you think, D? A little bit. Uh, yeah, but crime, 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 crime. Yes, that's Paul Vallis's ticket to uh, get elected. I believe if Paul Vallis makes it to the runoff and he has a very good shot, in my humble opinion, it will be crime, 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 crime. Um, people turning to Paul Vallis uh, in the belief and the hope that uh, he will, I don't know, do something, do anything uh, to um, better police the city, bring down crime. And, you know, I've been watching crime rates in the city of Chicago <laughs> since I moved here. I always say this, there's been crime in Chicago for as long as I can remember, the 90s were some of the most violent years in the city of Chicago. And that's when Paul Vallis uh, was a top uh, budget director aide, a budget aide to Mayor Daley. So, you know, I mean, he's giving himself credit for what? I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. Like year to year, there's a changes in the, the murder rate. Day. You know, one year goes down and another year goes up. And so, like, if you want to concentrate on the one year it went down, I brought crime down. Well, what about the other years? Forget the other years. Uh, so, listen, I, I believe that ad will work uh, with a certain segment of Chicago voters who just they want they want to go law and order. D. And uh, so, yeah, I think um, he knows what he's doing in that commercial to get to the runoff. Right, don't take any tips from Darren Bailey. All right. No, don't go. Chicago is a hellhole. <laughs> you could get into that. Don't get into that lane. You know what I mean? It's a fine line he's walking. That's what I'm trying God, to say. I hadn't thought about DB in a while. Right? You know, I you mean, mentioned that, Darren, but I hadn't thought about the big fella in a while. Uh, you know? Isn't that, that funny? That plan fell flat on its face. The whole, uh, oh, where you live sucks. Vote for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I wonder if Paul Ballas is going to play that card. Chicago is a hellhole. I'm not sure that's the right appeal to make if you want to win over votes in Chicago. You're walking a fine line, Mr. Vallis. That's all I'm saying. All right. On to our final candidate. One, Brandon Johnson, the mayoral candidate, put out an ad this week. This ad is titled Better. Brandon Johnson has a plan to make Chicago safer, grow Chicago businesses, and create jobs. Brandon's plan will improve public schools for all of our kids. For mayor, Brandon Johnson is better for Chicago. Oh, short and sweet. 15 seconds yeah. there. 15 seconds. Brandon Johnson is better for Chicago. Here's the deal about Brandon Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, every, again, everything's about making that runoff. 
I think he's got an excellent chance to make the runoff because, uh, how do I put this? So many social Democrats, he's got the support of the real, the social Democrats in Chicago. I've said this many times, many of them come on the show, so everybody knows I kind of lean that way anyway. These people don't play. You know, these campaign commercials, they're not going to get you the votes you need to make it to the runoff. It's an organization. It's people going door to door. It's people lining up who the voters are. It's like old fashioned politics. And, you know, these are true believers and they're going to go out and they're going to work. And uh, I don't know if any other candidate uh, will have that kind of ground game as the left. I think uh, like Lori Lightfoot is looking, I don't think she'll have it, but she'll have the commercials uh, and, you know, so like she has the name recognition and she has Chicago and her strength is that Chicago, you know, guys, you know how you are Chicago at the last minute. Like I know her, I'm going to, I'm going to stay with the person I know that that mentality is very strong in this city. It's a conservative city in many ways. So she's got that going for her. Paul Ballas has got the anti-crime stuff going for him. Uh, So uh, what, Brandon Johnson, these commercials, I don't think they're that important for Brandon Johnson. What's going to matter for him is ground game and, uh, you know, just hard work. And the lefties, man, they work. They work. You know, they, uh, I'm not certain what portion of the city is uh, left. I tend to be a self hating lefty and assume if I'm for something, nobody else is. But I'll tell you what. Carlos Ramirez Rosa, Rosanna Rodriguez, you know, uh, Jeanette Taylor, this group, these, their supporters work. They'll knock on doors. Uh, and uh, Andre Vasquez, I mean, people, the, you can't, you can't overlook them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they may, they're not going to get the Tribune's endorsement. They're not going to get Crane's endorsement. They're not definitely, the bright one's not going to endorse them either. Uh, but they're going to work. So I think Brandon's got a real chance of making the runoff team. All right. Well, we just heard four ads. Ben, I'm going to ask you this week, who had the better ad? Lori Lightfoot, Paul Vallis with two, or Brandon Johnson? I got to go with Lori Lightfoot for the funny little uh, sound effects. Uh, the funny little sound. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's entered. It's I'm going to do the Woo. That's the whistle. Wah, wah, you know. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm not saying it's going to impact any voters, but I was entertained. I was like, oh, my God, I like the little sound effects. I may have chuckled when I watched it. Dude. All right. Cranes may have put you at fourth, but, hey, you're at first here on the Ben Jarofsky Show this week with your campaign ad. What do we really know about Chewy Garcia? Chewy secretly talked with this crypto crook who stole his customer's life savings, then spent a fortune to reelect Garcia. Chewy cut deals to help himself with the sense-indicted Mike Madigan, even while the disgraced speaker faced a federal corruption investigation. And By the way, what are you ripping Madigan? I was going to say this, D. Why are you ripping Madigan? People in Chicago love Mad Dog. Yeah, I know the the liberal crowd on the north side doesn't like the Mad Dog, but we just did. Uh, um, uh, Michael Girardi sent me that picture yesterday of the signs, uh, Marty Quinn signs, all up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, D? I'm like, they love the Mad Dog. So I know that good liberals and good government types uh, are <laughs> don't like Madigan because he's so corrupt, uh, allegedly. I should say. But, you know, there's a whole segment of Chicago. I like him. He delivered my streets. 
So I, you know, I, I don't know, D. You know, I'm bashing Madigan. That didn't really work that well for DB, did it? Didn't really work that well for Bruce Rauner, did it? So oh, you love Mike Madigan. Well, you know, I got a love hate thing with Matt. Everybody knows that. You know, once I've spent all my years like pounding my head against <laughs> the wall, complaining about Madigan. And then when everybody else joined the chorus, you know, typical me. I no, what are you doing here? Johnny come lately, huh? <laughs> oh, now all of a sudden you're lining up. Uh, you know, the, I am a weird guy, admit it. All right. And finally, the Chicago Teachers Union. Oh, by the way, that was it. We're done with the uh mayoral candidate updates. We're done with those now. A twenty twenty three Chicago mayoral candidate update. But some would say this is a political move involving the mayoral race. The Chicago Teachers Union is accusing Mayor Lori Lightfoot of stepping in to rescind a promise by her hand-picked Chicago Public Schools leadership to give rank-and-file teachers and school support staff the same 12 weeks of paid paternal leave already provided to all other 32,000 city employees. CTU President Stacey Davis-Gates unloaded on Lightfoot in a letter Thursday, urging her to restore the parental leave offer and a petition emailed to members and circulated on social media urged rank-and-file teachers and support staff to sign to express, quote, our disappointment and outrage at the apparent reversal. In a statement, Lightfoot's office denied there was any reversal, saying, quote, to be clear, the mayor's office, which includes the mayor, has not been engaged with CPS specifically with respect to the parental leave policy. Man, that is that nobody believes that. Nobody believes that. Uh, absolutely nobody. Now, listen, to be clear, I realize I am in the minority, but definitely on the north side when it comes to admiring the Chicago Teachers Union. There, yeah, we'll end the show where we began it. Lefties telling me. We can learn a lesson from the fascists in Congress and being standing up to the powers that be and making their demands, which I'm not quite sure I want to learn any lessons from these fascists. So I'm really reluctant to jump on that bandwagon. But again, if you want to hear the ar- ar- that argument articulated, uh, tomorrow's show with Miles Conflassen. But the CTU does that. They stand up. They make their demands. Uh-oh, here comes an Obama imitation. They don't back down. And I have a great respect for, for Stacey Davis Gates. You know? And so Chicagoans are like all over the map with this stuff. On one hand, we need someone who's tough. And so when they're tough, they go, why can't you just get along? And so clearly, Lori Lightfoot has, uh, for whatever reason or another, even if it's personal or it's a political decision, decided uh, that it, somehow or other is advantageous to her political career to be having a fight with Stacey Davis Gates. So I do not believe Lori Lightfoot's statement that said she had nothing to do with rescinding this offer. Absolutely do not believe that for one minute. And you know what? I think even Lori Lightfoot's supporters on the north side of Chicago, even they don't believe, they won't admit it. I know they won't admit it. They go, Ben, no, she really had nothing to do with it. (laughs) Gregory Pratt, keep your eye out for all those uh, emails in those uh, tweets, not tweets, uh, texts that you're always getting. Gregory Pratt, bulldog reporter for the Chicago Tribune, always uh, FOIA for uh, Mayor Lightfoot's uh, emails and texts. Keep keep us informed. We'll probably... 
pluck a relevant email or text out of the uh, the internet world uh, after the election. So I don't believe him, Dave. She has been fighting the Chicago Teachers Union from pretty much the moment she walked into office. Uh, and uh, she took advantage of the fact that Teachers Union is unpopular in the north side of Chicago among a lot of uh, the those liberal types that I uh, alluded to. Uh, she knew she could win over corporate uh, Chicago by fighting the teachers union. She knew she can win over the Tribune and Sun-Times uh, and Crane, Chicago's editorial boards. She was playing from the ROM playbook. Uh, and so to provoke them at this stage on the eve of an election, uh, I don't know, man, that's pretty low. I would think that something like parental leave is something all Chicagoans would support. You know, and you may be you may be the Chicago to go. I don't have it in my job. A fair point. Fair point. But don't you want it? Or are you just going to be a hater? And because you don't have it, you don't want somebody else to have it. Is that how it's going to be? Chicago, you want something. You don't have it. Someone else has it. You go, that's it. I hate it. I don't have it. So I, I just think that something like parental leave would be a universal program that most Chicagoans. I'm not talking about the MAGA crowd, you know, uh, but I'm saying MAGA crowd is only 15% of the city. Most Chicagoans would support. And by the way, even those the police officers who vote uh, for Donald Trump, they got good parental leave, the police officers do, better than, than what the CPS is offering the teachers. So MAGA wants the program. They just don't want anybody else to have it. So I don't know why Lori Lightfoot uh, didn't come right out and say, Something along the lines of, I had nothing to do with this. I support it. I may not like Stacey Davis Gates. They may be running Brandon Johnson against me, but I don't hold that against all teachers. I'm for parental leave. There you go. Speak like a <laughs> human being. Oh, no, that's too radical. Instead, here's the statement. Uh, to be clear, whenever anybody begins to be clear, you know that what's coming next is not going to be clear. Uh, the mayor's office, which includes the mayor, which is by the favorite line, D. Why you say the mayor's, you know what I mean? Let's include, why just say Mayor Lori Lightfoot? You know, identify who the person is, uh, has not been engaged with CPS specifically respect to their uh, parental leave uh, policy. That's kind of nebulous right there, wishy-washy, engaged. What does engaged mean? You know, you could, you could say something like this. I was not aware that they pulled back. I am outraged that they pulled back. Heads will roll. Because even though I don't like Stacey Davis Gates, I believe that teachers should get parental leave. So I'm going to look into this and change it. Could you imagine, D, if that statement was made? This passive-aggressive, wishy-washy stuff. Come on. Every Chicagoan. I know the mayor and the politicals have a low estimation of your intelligence, Chicago. But I know you see through this. Yes, done. The, the mayor's office, which includes the mayor. Oh, that's <laughs> and her chair. The mayor's office includes her chair and her desk and her lamp. And none of the, the lamp had nothing to do with this, by the way. As for the computer, I don't know. We're still investigating. Maybe that's the funny. Had... The mayor's office, like including her. Uh, I know. Her, her printer says this is out of line. <laughs> Come on. If something, if it's real, Say it and let everybody know. These passive aggressive, wishy washy proclamations from the press office. 
un, un, unidentified, by the way. No, you know, no name behind it. It's not like Billy Bob, the mayor's press secretary, said that. No, they released a statement. Bunch of BSD, bunch of BS. All right. Well, there went that New Year's resolution. All right. Now, be more positive. <laughs> I forgot that one. I forgot that resolution. Just By the way, I don't make resolutions anymore because I don't believe in the new year. Oh, yeah. There is yeah. no new year. It's just a continuum. How many times I got to tell you that? Time is not linear. We just, well, it's like just a constantly moving body of water. And wherever you step into it, that's where you are. All right. Remember that. Well, what do you write on? What did you write on the date a few months ago? I can't remember if are you saying that I'm saying something differently than I said a couple of months ago? No, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, it was 2022. Oh, I see what you're saying. Now yes. it's 2023. I mean, it is a new year. Point. Artificial. It's an artificial distinction. I truly believe this now. It's an artificial distinction. Yeah, I know. You don't realize some cultures don't recognize they are a different year altogether. They don't even have. This is not the new year to them. Huh? You ever think of that? Oh, whoa. Mind blown. Huh. You wearing crystals around your neck? <laughs> uh, let me just say one thing to you, D, uh, before we leave. Okay, I just want to say uh, this one thing to you. Hold on, I want to say this one thing. What? I've really been waiting uh, to tell you this uh, all day. Okay, here we go. You must leave now. Take what you need. You think will last, but whatever you wish to keep, you better grab it fast. Yeah with his gun crying like a fire in the sun look out the saints are coming through and it's all over now baby blue dylan! <laughs> oh bob dylan thought you were firing me oh man that is uh you know what Paul, i know a lot of you out there make fun of bobby d but the man that's poetry ladies and gentlemen that man had talent. All right, everybody. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky or wherever else you download podcasts. Ben, who's on the lineup this weekend? Oh, man. Miles, starting tomorrow. Conflassen. You don't want to miss that one. Uh, we have a long, really, uh, I thought, a very engaging debate about uh, what's going on uh, in Washington right now. Uh, with uh, McCarthy uh, and MAGA. Uh, and so that's uh, on uh, Saturday, Sunday. Ramana and I uh, will be uh, talking. We haven't recorded that one yet, but it's going to be a barn burner. And then I've been talking about this one all day. I really loved it. I, uh, this morning I recorded uh, an interview uh, with Jamie Daniels, uh, who is the leader of a band called Jack of Hearts, a Bob Dylan cover band. I met him when I was in L.A., great guy. Uh, we, he sings a couple Bob Dylan songs. It's a lot of fun. If you're into Dylan, man, you got to really uh, uh, check this one out. That's why I've been doing It's All Over Now, Baby Blue, because that's the song he sang. Uh, okay. That's why I've been doing it. That's the inside story. All right. Very good. Uh, excellent job. Uh, thank you very much. The man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of all Illinois, without whom the show would be possible. As Bob Dylan and Jamie Daniels would tell you, back home in Alton, they call him Baby Blue. I mean, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for Demarvelous. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Peace and love, everybody. Thank God. Science is back, baby. Science is